You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. Because God tells us that He wants us to ask Him for things. He tells us to ask. In Matthew 7 8, He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. For everyone who asks, receives. So you can't receive something unless you're asking. And notice he doesn't say in the text, ask, and if it's my will, you'll receive. It's not there. How often do you ask God for things? I mean, genuinely ask for something like a kid would ask his parents, unashamedly, without reservation. The way that you answered that question reveals a lot about how you see God. Do you see him as a loving father who wants to give good gifts to his children? Well, that's whom the Bible says he is. In today's message, Pastor Holland will teach you that God wants you to ask him for the desires of your heart and that you cannot receive what you have not asked for. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Numbers chapter 20 as he continues his message, Prayer in the Wilderness. And then it says we're to serve the Lord with gladness. Did you know that serving the Lord is worship? It's one of the words of worship that is listed. And so serving the Lord should be something that is a joy and a pleasure to do. Never a burden, never a bummer. You know, to gather together to worship isn't a chore and a burden. It's a pleasure, it's a joy, it's something we get to do, that we love to do because of how awesome God is. We're to enter into his presence with singing. And it's not just talking to come to church and enter into his presence, but this is an everyday thing. How much time do you spend worshiping and singing to the Lord and allowing his presence just to envelop you? I do it often, especially when I'm going through difficulty. Because it's when I'm going through the hardest things in my life, that's when I need the presence of God. And I'll just stop, and I'll just turn on worship music, and I'll just let it just wash over me. And just let my heart be filled with worship to God. We're to know the Lord. That word know means to know him experientially, to recognize what is true about him experientially, that he is the maker of everything. You know, one of the things I like to do is look up into the stars. My wife was recently in Julian at a wedding and you know, she was able to look up in the stars to see this incredible, the beauty that is there. I like looking up in the heavens. I have an app on my phone that tells me what I'm looking at because I'm not that smart at it. I just like to look. And so as I'm just up there looking, it just reminds me of how big God is. Because the farthest star away, I could never reach in my lifetime. It's so far away. And yet the Bible says that God flung the stars into space with his fingertips. The biggest star fits on the fingertip of God. Amazing, isn't it? It kind of puts all my problems into perspective. It kind of lets me know that it doesn't matter how radical things get, God is bigger than everything. And he will sustain me. He will take care of me. He will see me through that he is the creator, and he's the only one with the wisdom to know how creation works. He's the only one that can tell me how life works. 
because he's the one that brought it into existence. So it's really futile, a waste of time for me to try and rely on my own understanding. A waste of time for me to try and figure things out. For me to try and get the whys and the what fors. Because I will never understand. I don't have the capacity to understand. God does. And he'll reveal it to me if I ask him. Anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And he will give it liberally. He loves for us to know. And so it brings me to a place of standing in awe. I'm in awe of him. I'm in awe of everything that he does. He's God. He made us. We belong to him. I don't belong to myself. It's not my time. I remember when that kind of swept through the body of Christ. You know, moms were getting frazzled. Well, you need me time. You know, it's all about you time. It's like, no, you need to spend time at the feet of Jesus and let him refresh you. Let him fill you. Let him wash over you. Let him empower you. Because I don't belong to me. I belong to him. And he's the one that takes care of me. And so every time I worship, there's a realignment that happens. I'm being aligned back up to who I am and who he is and why I'm here. And then in verse 4, once we get to the tabernacle, once we get to the place of worship, we're to enter the gates with thanksgiving. You know, there was only one way into the tabernacle, and that was through the one gate. And so you're to enter into that gate with thanksgiving. And it says that we're to enter into the courtyard, the courtyard that surrounded the tabernacle. We're to enter into that courtyard with praise. In the Hebrew, it's the word tehillah. Tehillah. Like the song. No. <laughs> it's not the song. But I'm going to take that word back. And that word tehillah means adoration. So you come into the gates with, oh man, we're so grateful to be here. It's so good to be in the presence of God. And adoration for God. Adoration for who he is. We're to be thankful. It's the Hebrew word yada, which means to give thanks, but it means to literally like to shoot arrows of thanksgiving, you know, and so, and it has corresponding with it, the lifting of the hands. And so it's like this idea of thank you, thank you, thank you. You ever been so grateful? You don't even know how to say thank you. You just want to say thank you over and over and over again. That's yada. That's what yada is. When you just say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for what you've done shooting up those prayers of thanksgiving. And we're to bless his name, which is the word Barak, which means to kneel down. And it's a sign of humility and a sign of respect and honor to God. So we're honoring the Lord. We're adoring him. We're thankful to him. We're honoring him for all that he has done. And why are we to do this? What's the reason why? We are to worship him in this way because it says, because the Lord is good. He's good. He's really good. And his mercy 
In the Hebrew, it's the word chesed. When we translate that from the Hebrew to the Greek, it becomes charis, which is grace. His grace is everlasting. And his truth, literally in the Hebrew, it's faithfulness. His faithfulness is to all generations. He's been faithful to me. I'm watching him now be faithful to my kids. He was faithful to the generations before me. He's going to be faithful to all generations. That's how good he is. And so I worship him because of that. Whenever we recognize God's goodness, his everlasting grace, his faithfulness, and acknowledge his position that he is God, that he is the creator, not me, not science or anything else. God is the one. And when we recognize his power, that everything emanates from him, we are worshiping God. And that's the first expression of prayer. The second expression of prayer is petition. And a prayer of petition is when we simply ask God for help, when we make our needs known to God. We let him know what's going on in our lives. And there's even confusion about this. I've heard Christians say, you shouldn't ask God for things. You know, you should only focus on the needs of others and not so much on your own needs. But And if you do pray for one of your needs, then you should always tag on the end, if it be your will. You know, because you don't want to be like bossing God around or arrogant or anything like that. And to be honest with you, that is just a wrong view of God. Because God tells us that he wants us to ask him for things. He tells us to ask. In Matthew 7, 8, he says, ask and it will be given to you. For everyone who asks, receives. So you can't receive something unless you're asking. And notice he doesn't say in the text, ask, and if it's my will, you'll receive. It's not there. I know that I'm freaking out people right now. Because people all of a sudden are thinking, well, what? then I want my Cadillac. Really? A Cadillac? Can't you at least go for a Tesla? Or something really nice? Or a Porsche? No, I'm just kidding. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. 
Psalms 21.2 says, You have granted his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Now we're seeing a little bit of picture what it is that God does want to give us. Not just our pleasures, but our heart's desires. What is really in your heart? What really do you desire in your heart of hearts? And let me suggest that we really don't know what's in our hearts. We don't know our hearts. The Bible says our hearts are deceitfully wicked, but God knows our hearts. And when we ask him, he's always looking at our hearts to say, is this really what you want? Is this really what you are asking for? But here's the thing, he's not going to violate your will. So he's not going to give you something you didn't ask for. You need to ask him for it. Now, I've experienced this in my own life. And I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. And when we, you know, in our home that we live in right now, when we got it, we were one of those, to get in, we got one of those upside down loans, you know. And it was a reverse amortization loan. And then when the market crashed, our value of our house went upside down. We owed more money on it than the house was worth. And the bank quickly did a loan modification. And what the loan modification was, was year one, we only paid 1% interest. Year two, 3% interest. Year three through five, 5% interest. And then we had to refinance the house. Well, the first year was great because our payment was like $895 a month. It was unbelievable. And I was like, oh, Lord, this is so good. We went on vacation that year. It was a great year. And then the second year, our house payment was at $1,500. And I thought, Lord, we can afford this. But then year three was coming up, and our payment was going to jump up to like $3,500. And I just looked at it, and I said, Lord, we can't afford it. We can't do it. So I guess you don't want us here. I guess you have other plans for us, and this is your way of kind of moving us out. And I was open to whatever you know the Lord wanted to do. And then it dawned on me. The Lord gave us this house. It wasn't like I went out and sought this house. I mean, literally, God gave us this house. The story of, of how God gave us is amazing. But God gave us this house. And all of a sudden, I got to realize, I said, this is not my problem. This is God's problem. And so I said, God, you have a problem. And I don't know how you're going to solve this problem but you have this amazing problem coming up because I can't afford this house anymore. And you gave me this house, so obviously you want me to have this house. And we tried to do a loan modification. Nothing came through. We were denied twice. And so I began to pray very specifically. Lord, I want a principal reduction. I want our interest rate reduced. And I want our house payment to be $1,500 a month. And I told people, I was praying this. There's like, you can't pray that prayer. You have to ask. You have to tag on to it. The thing that kind of wipes out all the flesh stuff, and that is, if it be thy will. You got to add the if it by. I said, no. God gave us this house. This is what we need. And so I'm going to ask God for what we need. And so a few months into this, we're coming up on the end of the year when everything's going to flip and we're going to have to move out. And I get a call from the bank. And the bank says, you've been approved for a loan modification. 
And I said, well, we just were turned down for a loan modification. How can we be approved for a loan modification? They said, well, this has nothing to do with anything you've been involved in. This is a, a program has nothing to do. It's completely isolated. And I said, okay. I said, what does it mean we've been approved for a loan modification? They said, well, we're going to reduce your principal. And my wife will chime if I get the numbers wrong. We're going to reduce the principal by $60,000. Did I get it right? $160,000. That's a better story. Um, <laughs> we're going to reduce the principal by $160,000. And then we're going to reduce your interest rate from 3% down to like 2.65%. And it's going to be a fixed rate over 40 years. And your house payment is going to be $1,500 a month. I should have asked for twelve. No. <laughs> but that was a petition. I had a need. And I just asked. I wasn't being arrogant. I wasn't being bossy of God. God knew my heart. I just had a need. And I asked him, and he met that need. And here's the thing. God doesn't withhold blessing from us. None of his blessings does he withhold. And I know this sometimes flies in the face of what people are told about God, and it's hard to accept this about God. But here's the thing. The children of Israel believed this. The children of Israel believed that God did not want to bless them that somehow God was against them, that in fact God was the cause of their suffering. And instead of asking God for help, what they did is they complained against God. Their heart was filled with complaining because they didn't believe that God wanted to bless them. And in Numbers 11, we read that the people complained and it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. The Lord heard their complaints. In Numbers 14, 27, God says, I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. And that word complain really is better translated grumble or murmur. They were murmuring. They were grumbling. And the idea is that they were complaining, but they were complaining in a low voice, a distinct voice, but it was low, under their breath. And what I've realized about complainers is that complainers don't want to be known as complainers, right? They don't want to be known as complaining people. So what do they do? They complain under their breath. So no one will hear. But God hears. God hears. Oh, you're so blessed of the Lord. Yeah, I'm blessed of the Lord if you call that a blessing. God hears. He hears everything. And complaining is an illegitimate way of making your needs known to God. God wants us to ask for help. Instead of asking for help, people who complain, attack, and blame God and others for their own troubles. And it really comes from a heart of unbelief and ingratitude, not thankful to God. I'm not thankful for what God has done. And I forget the goodness of God. But in Numbers 20.16, we read, 
when we cried out to the Lord, he heard our voice and sent the angel and brought us up out of Egypt. That word cried out means to cry out loudly for help, to cry out in grief, to cry out in desperation or, uh, or difficulty, uh, to cry out for action. And so we have an illegitimate way of making our needs known through complaining, or we have the legitimate way of making our needs known by crying out for help. But we don't always have to just cry out for help. Sometimes we can just ask. It can just be a request. A petition can be just a request. Moses in Numbers 27 was coming to the end of his time on earth. He knew he wasn't going to go into the promised land. And so he asked God to send a leader, to rise a leader up that would take care of the people, that would lead them in so they would not be like a sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord answered that petition and said, Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun. He didn't have a mom or a dad. He was the son of Nun. It's bad, sorry. The spirit's in him. Lay your hand on him. He's the one I've appointed. It was just a petition, a request from Moses. And so God hears your prayers. God hears your requests. God hears your cries. God hears your complaints. But he answers your prayers, your petitions. And so we have worship, expression of prayer, petition, and the third expression of prayer is intercession. And intercession is when you pray for the needs of others or when you are praying against a spiritual attack on a group of people on behalf of others. In Colossians 4.12, Paul speaks of laboring fervently in prayer. It's the Greek word agonizomai, and it's where we get our word agonize from. And there are times in prayer where it feels like you're involved in a spiritual battle. For those of you that God uses you in an intercessory prayer capacity, and I, I believe that if every leader has this on them, that every, every leader that is called by God has this intercession thing that comes on them. And there are times, you know, when I'm praying where I sense that, like, I'm doing more than just praying right now. I'm doing battle. And I'll feel the weight of that battle come on me as I'm praying for a particular situation, as I'm asking God to reveal what's going on, what's behind something. And God will oftentimes show me, you know, it's almost like watching a movie. He'll show me what's happening and he'll show me what is going to occur, the events that are going to occur. And so as they're occurring, it's like I'm watching a movie. I'm watching them happen in real life, in real time. Thank you for listening today. When I was a young man, Jesus made himself known to me. I was sitting in a Bible study, and I heard an audible voice say, Holland, I love you. And those words changed my life. And you know, those words can change your life today as well. You know, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And today you can begin that eternal everlasting life by praying a simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I want to live my life for you. 
Forgive me for everything I've done to offend you. Forgive me for breaking your law. I want to surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you've done that, you're born again. You've been listening to a message in a series through the book of Numbers. Pastor Holland has more to share from this Old Testament book, and we look forward to the next edition of Worship Life Radio. We're so glad you took the time to hear from God's Word today. Numbers is a mix of rules and rituals, sprinkled with details of God's expectations, as well as giving you some good insights into some of the larger events that occurred during this time of wandering in the wilderness. God gave the people many opportunities to follow in obedience, which would include blessing, but many times the people chose their own way, which led to death and judgment. It's a recurring pattern that happens with human nature. One thing's for sure, God gives chances and grants mercy, but he also must judge for sin and wickedness. As you listen to these teachings, do you appreciate the way that God responds to things, or does it bother you in some way? If you'd like to get in touch with us about what you've heard today, feel free to call us at 949-228-9117. That number again is 949-228-9117. We'd be happy to talk with you about any questions, comments, or concerns. Another way you can learn more about what you're hearing is by listening to additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvarysanclemente.org. Click on the Teachings tab. We're thankful that you spent some of your day listening to the Word and hope you'll join us again on Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.